Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan. I tweeted out earlier today, before the big show even this morning, that today was Bucks Media Day. And I realize it's a Green and Gold Monday, and normally that's all we talk uh, is about the Green Bay Packers throughout the day. But the Brewers win the NL Central, so that deserves a little love, obviously, today. Uh, The Ryder Cup, USA wins the Ryder Cup. That obviously deserves a little uh, love today as well. Uh, Graham Mertz and the Badgers, we haven't gotten into yet, but I will address here momentarily. Uh, And then we will uh, get to some Buck stuff. Because, again, look. This is the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks that we're talking about here. Uh, The owners talked today, uh, and part of what they had to say was they are going to have watch parties for the Brewers playoff games in the Deer District, which I think is a brilliant idea, a no-brainer. We'll see if the Brewers do anything watch party-wise for road games or whatever they're going to do over there at American Family Field. Uh, But a no-brainer for the Deer District, and it sounds like they probably are going to do something for, uh, you know, uh, Packer playoff games or whatever else uh, as well maybe in the postseason there too. It really was clear as day that this community loved being a part of that Fear the Deer District and Bucks playoff run and championship title or whatever else and you know if, if we're all right that this Brewers team has a pretty good shot of going to the World Series, you're going to put yourself in a, in a great position to fill that bad boy up again. Now you know, a little bit of a difference is it's not going to be nearly as warm as it was uh, for when uh, the Brewers did theirs, right? We're talking October, late October baseball. So you're going to have to wear a jacket, maybe a, a stocking cap or whatever to stay warm. But that's never stopped any of us from tailgating or having fun. It ain't going to be that cold. Uh, so that's that's just brilliant. I, I just, good job by Peter Fagan and the Bucks for uh, putting that together and, uh, you know, trying to trying to play it all out. As far as Graham Mertz goes uh, and, and the Wisconsin Badgers, because I, I, as you could well imagine, I took some heat on Twitter because I have been the one kind of leading the bandwagon for Graham Mertz being that future savior for the Badgers, and we're going to get him into the playoffs. I said, I believe my prediction to Gary was they'd be in the playoffs next year. Well, that's not looking so great right now, obviously. Um, he, he doesn't look good. He really doesn't. He doesn't look good at all. Uh, every time he makes a couple of throws and you get excited, then he goes back to looking how he was prior to those couple of throws. And it can be very frustrating uh, watching it, obviously. number of Badger fans on social media talking about, well, they should bench him. They just play Wolf or Boom, whoever. Anybody has to be better than what we're watching right now with Graham Mertz. Then it was, oh boy, if Jack Cohn was playing, they would have won this game. L- let me tell you something. If Jack Cohen would have played the rest of that Notre Dame game, the Badgers would have had a much better chance of winning that game than with their third-string quarterback that came in for Notre Dame. Jack Cohen wasn't doing anything special whatsoever when he was in that game. 
Not to mention, Jack Cohen's been playing forever in a day versus Graham Mertz, obviously, who hasn't, who is still probably in the learning process. Is he as far along as you want him to be? No, not at all. He's bad. He's really, really bad. And they don't really have, I don't think, much better options. And I said it on Twitter. Look, if if they decide to bench him in place of somebody else, it'd be hard to be upset or mad about it. Like, you kind of put yourself into the situation yourself by playing as bad as you've played for three weeks. It just is what it is. It's it's hard for him to defend uh, and hard for anybody else. And the depth chart comes out today, and Graham Mertz is still the number one quarterback on that roster. People bring it up, well, Jack Cohen, look at what how good they were with Jack Cohen. Right. Jack Cohen had Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan, Jack Cohen had uh, some NFL guys on that offensive line, had NFL wide receivers. Cephas was part of that team. I mean, he had, I think, better overall players around him than what Graham Mertz does right now. Just does. You know, in that great recruiting class that they had, they're freshmen. So next year, they're going to be sophomore. Now, the one thing I didn't think about or anticipate, and obviously I should have, was I thought best players play. So Braylon Allen, I thought, would be playing right now. Eh, it's not happening. I gave him a couple carries against Eastern Michigan. That was about the extent of it. And you, you really didn't see him nearly as much as you should have against this, this last game, or in this last game against Notre Dame. So obviously they're going to try and slow play the freshman uh, until next year and then maybe give them uh, a little bit more share of the action. But that recruiting class is the one where everybody's looking at going, okay, this is going to be how it all changes. But that was with the understanding that Mertz was going to be something. And he's not. Wide receiver, that seems vacated as well. Another problem. You have no special running backs. Good maybe, but not special. You have no special wide receivers, right? You may have a couple of good ones. They're not special wide receivers. There is no Chris Chambers or Lee DeRamis or Lee Evans. None of those guys exist right now on this on this offensive wide receiver. There are no Jonathan Taylors or Ron Danes or anything like that uh, at running back that are playing. Brandon Allen might be special, but they won't play him. So that, that's where we sit there. Offensive line, probably one of the worst offensive lines we've seen in years at Wisconsin. Years. It's not that good. So that screws you too. The best player on this team is a tight end who's not overly athletic to begin with. That's your best player. And he'll probably be an NFL player. But, again, that's where you sit on offense. Defense, Jim Leonard is a mastermind. Like, unbelievable, very good. Defense deserves way better than what this offense is playing like right now. Way better. And like we've talked about before against Penn State, and you could see it exemplified again to a certain degree in this game, he did, Paul Chris does not trust Graham Mertz, nor does he trust the offensive line. The way they're calling plays is as conservative as it gets. He just does not trust them to either protect long enough or for him to make the right throw. That's all part of it. He took a couple shots downfield, but for the most part, it was more of this conservative stuff. It's very, very frustrating to watch this Badgers football team. No question. And again, you're you're not competing for anything this year. Now You might get into some no-name bowl uh, at the end and, uh, again, uh, Realistically, Badger fans probably aren't going to be all that excited about it. But if it's somewhere warm uh, in January to go or end of December, Badger fans will probably still go just because it's somewhere warm. Gives them a reason to get out of Wisconsin in the snow and the cold for a little bit, and I get that. But this team here, Graham Mertz is definitely you know, maybe the number one issue, but there are plenty of issues behind Graham Mertz in this roster. And then Michigan beats Rutgers, out comes the line for this game. It's like three and a half, four opening line for this game. And I asked Plucker, I was like, did you see that spread? Because like Notre Dame, which made no sense of what that spread was, and it probably would have been, you know, closer, obviously, and Mertz not throwing pick sixes all over the board. Um, but Michigan, okay, they didn't blow out Rutgers like everybody expected them to do or whatever else. But Dan Plucker, uh, who writes all about Michigan uh, as one of his other six jobs, are they as bad as Wisconsin? Uh, maybe. The, the really? Reason, well, the reason why a lot of people are expecting this game to be close is 
Rutgers did not have a great run defense, but they found a way to stop Michigan. And Michigan has the only way they can move the football is on the ground. They they don't have co- enough confidence in their quarterback to move the ball down the field with his arm. So also the in, under is going to be in play in this in game. The absolute drubbings that you've seen throughout the course of this season, outside of Rutgers this past week, it's because they've ran for 350 yards every single game, and last week they weren't able to do it. And it in in the first half they were. The very first drive, they did seven plays, ran for like 70-something yards on their first drive of the game, and I'm pretty sure they finished with like 120. So it shows you how important it is for them to move the football because they were up 20 to 3, 17 to 3, something like that at halftime. They're they one-dimensional, and they they that Jim Leonard defense knows you're one-dimensional. That's going to be a problem and that's, for them. And I think that's why people think this game's going to be close because heading into this past week against Rutgers, Michigan was the number one rush rushing team in the country and right now Wisconsin has the number one rush defense in the country so it's going to be an immovable object against an unstoppable force and we'll see how it it collides but this past week if if Wisconsin goes back and watches a Rutgers film to see what they did to just absolutely halt the Michigan offense that's why I think some people are expecting this game to be closer Michigan has probably better talent but it's it goes back to that coaching Paul Christ has done a great job against Michigan over the years Jim Leonard has done excellent as well and Michigan hasn't won in Madison since 2001 so there's a long long process that has to go through even with I know as many people that are freaking out about how bad uh, Wisconsin is it I think it's going to be a closer game than what those people expect well, I'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out because I, I was I was kind of stunned by that I'll tell you what else I'm stunned by even though I shouldn't be I just saw this uh before we came on the air you see the latest comments by Matt Nagy today this dude is incredible Matt Nagy quote all three of our quarterbacks are under consideration right now in regards to where they're at. So we'll just kind of have to see in the next couple of days where they're all at. We know where Nick's at health-wise, but we just want to keep an eye on Justin and Andy. Then for us to stay on that and make sure that we have a plan for any of those. Really? Dalton's currently sidelined with left knee bruise. Field suffered an injury to his right throwing hand against the Browns. Fields underwent x-rays after the game and said he felt fine. Nagy was not ready to commit to a starter for the Lions game. I mean, what what was the stat that I had here? There was a stat uh, on how bad the uh, the Bears were over the weekend that I, I had saved on my uh, tweets, I believe. Here we go. Adam Rinberg, uh, who covers the Big Ten for ESPN or whatever else, the Packers had 42 yards on their final drive with no timeouts and only 30 seconds left to win. The Bears had 47 yards for the entire game against the Cleveland Browns. That tells you just how bad that team truly was. Absolutely horrible. And it goes right back to Matt Nagy. All right, before we get to the Bucks pressers that we'll do before you here on Sparky's Midday Madness on Bucks Media Day, we're going to hear from the owners. Plucker has that. Uh, we're going to hear from John Horst uh, and Coach Bootenholzer as well, right? Those are the groups of people we're planning on hearing from. Uh, and then during yes. Rami's show, Rami may bring you Giannis and some of the other ones uh, during his show. Well, we'll have to talk about it because Uh-oh. like Horst and Bootenholzer is 25 minutes. Well, we're not playing all of and, any of okay. these. Okay. We're only playing a few all right, minutes. All right, cool. Then we'll, we'll be totally fine. Oh, gotcha. yeah, totally gotcha. not playing all of No, I was no, like, no. Well, there's a lot of good stuff in the horst Bootenholzer. Is there conversation? So that's why yeah, we'll see. I was like, well, maybe do we want to play all of that? The owners are the owners. Like, yeah. So know. which of the owners talked? Was it Lazary and Eden? It was all four of them. Really? Yes. All four of them were represented, I believe. They had four chairs set up. I I haven't watched the whole thing, but all four chairs there were four chairs set up with the trophies. Well, we'll listen, so. we'll hear from Boonholzer uh and Horse first, I think. We'll get to them. Um, and then, depending on how we are looking on time and so forth, then we'll get to some of the owner's talk uh, as well. But I wanted to play this for you. So Devontae Adams up at the uh, podium yesterday uh, was talking about Yosh and the job that he did uh, at left tackle, and a pretty funny story came out of it. When we switched sides of the field in the fourth quarter, he's walking by me, and I'm just turning everybody up. I'm going crazy. And he looks at me. He goes, man, it's just a blessing to play with you guys. I really, I really enjoy this. And I'm just like... <laughs> It kind of just slowed me down for a second, and I just got real appreciative for having a teammate like that 
Um, you know, it's kind of crazy. He reminds me a little bit of Aaron Jones from a personality standpoint because early in Aaron's career, he would do something and be come back to the huddle. I'd be screaming, let's go. Do I need that from you every time? Let's go. He'd be, yes, sir. And I'm like, Aaron, you don't have to call me sir in the middle of the game. But um, Josh, yeah, Josh is a, is, a, is a hell of a football player and great heart, just a great teammate all around. I'm proud of what they did up there. That's hilarious. I had never heard the Aaron Jones thing with the yes, sir. But isn't, aren't Jones family military, I think? I want to say something like that. So it, it, it makes sense from that, that perspective. But, yeah, just a great story there by Devontae Adams. All right, we'll hear from John Horst. We'll hear from Mike Boonholzer. Coming up next, Bucks Media Day. We'll play some of it for you here on Sparky's Midday Madness. It is a great go Monday. Packers get the win 30-28. A Mason Crosby 51-yard field goal ends it. And they walk off winners against the San Francisco 49ers 2-1. Next up, the Pittsburgh Steelers. This Sunday afternoon, Steelers have not looked all that good at all. Big Ben really hasn't looked all that good uh, at all. So the rookie running back, Najee Harris, they'll have to deal with him. He had like 14 catches out of the backfield uh, this week for the Pittsburgh Steelers, leading them in receptions by a ton. So we'll see how the Packers match up with them. Ross Tucker, our Odyssey NFL insider, former NFL offensive lineman, will join us on the Wendy's Big Show tomorrow uh, at 10.35. We'll talk with Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette at 11.05. But now... And Sparky's Midday Madness, I figured uh, Rami probably will do mostly Packers coming up and some Brewers, so I want to give the Bucks a little love here uh, on their media day, the day after a Packers-Niners victory. So Again, you can imagine where this is going to fall in newscast, but either way. Uh, so here it is. Here is John Horse and Mike Boonholzer talking to the media earlier today. How else can you begin with for you, Mike? I know John said after the draft, um, working on an extension was going to be a priority once the draft concluded. So can you just speak to that process and maybe um, how important it was for you to kind of get that done, you know, as soon as you could in, in a very short off season? Well, I'm just incredibly grateful to, you know, probably first and most importantly, John and, you know, his faith and belief and work on, I guess, my behalf to make sure it happened. And the owners, you know, Mark Lazary and Wes Edens and Jamie Dinan and Mike Facitelli and all the local owners. So, um, I'm just incredibly appreciative and grateful to be the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks and to be extended. And, um, you know, I just, I love it here. Love the players, love the organization, love the city. Um, you know, couldn't be much better. So I'm just very appreciative. And Jim, I'll just jump in for a second. Um, I say to his face behind his back and I'll say to his face in front of everybody, um, we can't take for granted. We talk about Giannis all the time and having um, the core of our franchise, a superstar, an incredible human being, incredible player. And this is a guy who's a multi-time NBA coach of the year, an NBA champion, um, now as an assistant coach and a head coach, um, one of the best winning percentages in, in NBA history. Um, he's helped set a culture, a tone in our organization. For us to, to extend this relationship for, for years to come and to be together, um, is an incredible opportunity for the city of Milwaukee and, and really a great get. So yeah, we chose him. Yeah. We created the opportunity for him, but at the end of the day, he chose us. He didn't have to, this is no, no one who's short of suitors um, for what he does and what his staff does and to have him in that group with us uh, going forward is incredibly, incredibly great. So just want to make sure that we said that. Don't kick him off the stage. <laughs> Eric named the athletic John. Uh, we just talked to ownership and Mark said the vast majority of the team is vaccinated. I'm curious if you can give us any more details. And do you suspect that by the time the season starts and you're into 82, that the full team will be vaccinated? Uh, we're all about consistency. So thanks for telling me what he said. So yeah, the vast majority of the team is vaccinated. And, and I think like I was in here, we, we care at a high level. Like I, I personally um, believe in the vaccine, Bud feels the same. Um, I think we worked every day to make sure organizationally in our community that we, that we focus on, that we care about that. And um, we'll continue that throughout the year, but yeah, a vast majority of our team is, and, and we're grateful for that. Andrew Wagner, Wisconsin state journal for other of you guys, you know, winning a championship is hard, but compared to having to do it again, it seems like that's the easy part. How do you guys go about repeating and, and what do you have to do to maintain that same level from last year? Well, I mean, nothing, nothing is easy winning a first championship. Um, you know, this team, this group um, was very special. And really the mindset is just, you know, how do we build our habits? How do we get back to uh, establishing 
you know, what we want to do defensively, what we want to do offensively, how we want to grow individually, how we want to grow and improve as a team. And um, really there's a roadmap that's been set here for, you know, how we're going to approach a season. And um, the goal is always the same. And, um, you know, we feel good about the success we really, we've had for three years and this last year it ended with a championship, but um, I think our players embrace the idea of getting better every day. They embrace the idea of, you know, competing, um, you know, playing unselfishly, being together, all those things that, that go into winning basketball. Um, and, you know, I think the versatility of the team, the ability to do different things uh, throughout the season and throughout a playoff run um, is something that's important that we got to continue to grow and improve. So, uh, but a lot of it is, is really the same as, as the approach when, um, you know, we've had very successful seasons, but um, they didn't end with a championship. But uh, I don't think the process is is that different than uh, any of the other three. Hey, John, bud. Um, obviously, a very demanding last 12 months for uh, for your players, especially. In a typical year, you've got that time to sort of ramp down, rest, but then also build back up before training camp. That's obviously been compressed here. But how you and John work together to sort of manage the workload as you get started with the understanding that you play a game in about a week. Yeah, I think um, it is a condensed off season, something we're getting a little used to um, after the last couple of years. But I, it starts with, I think, Bud and his feel and timing, time off for guys, when to ramp them back up, get them back into the swing of things. Troy Flanagan, who has our performance department, he and Bud and I spend a, a ton of time together really planning and trying to forecast things. And um, this guy as a partner, player health has always been first and foremost. And so um, we use a little science. We use a little feel. Um, we use based on the relationships we have with our guys to kind of manage them throughout the course of the season. I think we have a great plan in place. Um, we'll see how it works and we'll adjust as we go. But it's absolutely a challenge, something that we've heavily focused on. And I think we're in a good place. Yeah, no, I, you know, second everything you said. And it's, you know, these are unprecedented times, um, you know, the last 12 months and just everything for every team. And, um, you know, each team has its own unique set of circumstances. And so um, it's good to have experience, but then, you know, you draw on, on the sports performance team, you draw on your gut, your feel, your communication with the players and, um, you know, understand that there's a big picture and there's a way to get to the end line. Um, and hopefully always just keeping that in mind as you make decisions about what you're doing each day. Stephanie Sutton, WSN-TV here in Milwaukee. Um, it's just, it feels like yesterday you guys won the championship. So how does this short offseason affect this team going forward, trying to repeat as champions? And is it a different feeling this year because you are the defending NBA champions? And how does that affect you, your players? There's going to be a target on your backs, obviously, once again. Yeah, I mean, I think I think there is something that's different, but, you know, I think we're going to lean more into what's the same, um, you know, how you prepare to, to be an NBA player, how you prepare for a season. And um, there's a lot of us that are in the mix to be, um, you know, the last team standing. And so I think you lean into those habits, um, into that process. And um, at the same time, you acknowledge that, yes, it is different. Um, there are going to be things that are a little bit unique following a championship. Um, but there's going to be a lot of things that are very much the same and the competitive nature of our league, um, the way people are going to come after us. And, um, you know, I, I think our players embrace that competition and um, that need to kind of raise to that level. So I'm excited about it. Lily Zell, Fox 6 Milwaukee. You know, leadership obviously is very important on a team. When you guys have a, a core trio of Giannis, Drew, and Chris, how important is that leadership when you guys are looking to repeat and have another successful season? Yeah, I, I think it's it's critical. Um, you know, it's just, it's been, I think, the evolution of the team, evolution of the organization. Um, a lot of you get to see it and feel it in, in the play on the court and the results, but you know, leadership sometimes more subtle, something that's happening behind the scenes in the locker room, on the bus. Um, so I think for me personally, just to see, um, you know, Giannis and, Giannis and Chris for three years and then Drew as the season went on last year to grow as leaders and to watch Giannis continue that this summer and Chris, um, it's, it's just, it, it's one of the most important things to having success is having great leadership. And, um, you know, we're in good hands with those three guys. 
Delaney Bride, TMJ4 here in Milwaukee. Uh, we didn't plan this to go in a row down here, but <laughs> and it kind of building off each other's questions too. Uh, for me, one of the joys of getting to watch you guys during practice, during that finals run, there were moments where you were putting your arm around Giannis. You were having very personal conversations. You could tell that that trust in that conversation um, was building. Now that you guys have achieved something that you've both been wanting to do ever since getting into the game of basketball, how do you continue to build and grow that relationship with not just Giannis, but also some fresh faces that are coming to this team? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's something that just happens organically. Um, I think if you force something like a relationship or, or things like that, players feel it, everybody feels it. So, you know, hopefully we just have, we have things that are in place, the way we go about our daily, you know, lives in the practice facility, um, coming in and doing vitamins and getting that one-on-one -on -one time with coaches, watching film in the theater, either as a group or individually, going to dinner, um, again, either, you know, one-on-one -on -one or collectively. And there's just so many different ways that hopefully we're building trust, we're getting to know each other um, and building those connections that, you know, get you through times when, um, you know, things are good, but also more importantly, probably when, when things are hard um, because you're going to go through things that are not easy in a season and in a playoff run. And that's when you draw on those relationships and those connections. So um, it, it's, it's more organic. I couldn't tell you exactly how and when and where, but uh, you know, hopefully all those things are happening at a high level. Hey guys, Jamal Collier from ESPN. Um, I want to go back to the vaccination uh, point in your team status. Um, do you envision that being an, an, an issue for y'all as far as people not being available, players not you know, being able to participate in practice here uh, early on? And just how do you go about it? It seems like there's a lot of sort of misinformation out there, sort of different opinions. How do y'all go about educating players, staffers, anything about um, the vaccine? Yeah, I'll start like I don't foresee it being an issue. I mean, the, the, the idea of being vaccinated or not vaccinated throughout the course of an NBA season is, is not new. Um, there are obviously some local municipalities that that um, have some standards and some protocols in place that um, could have an impact on teams or individual players. Um, but I don't foresee that being an issue for us. How do you go and deal with misinformation or sharing of information? I'm proud. I'm proud of our, our medical staff. Um, with our partners with Freighter and Medical College of Wisconsin. I'm proud of our performance staff and Troy and his group. Um, I think we've been an open book the entire process. We've tried to share everything that we know um, in real time with our players. We've had team sessions. We've had individual sessions. We've talked to families. Um, just an open book in, in terms of what's going on with the virus, what's going on with the vaccines, the idea of getting boosters, the, the whole thing. And so um, how do you deal with it from our perspective? It's just transparency and you just give the best information you have available to you as soon as you possibly can. And I think it's worked well for us. And I think all of our players um, and staff feel um, educated on the, on the topic. All right, there you go. There is John Horse and Mike Budenholzer uh, from just a little bit ago, not too long ago. They're still talking down there. Uh, it's funny, Grayson Allen uh, said that when news came out that he – uh, was going to be a Milwaukee Buck. 80% of his mentions were from angry Wisconsin fans. Yeah. I, I would say what? Of the people that called into the show or tweeted at the station, I would say it was probably like 98% of the mentions uh, and people that called in were mad that Grayson Allen was going to be a member of the Milwaukee Bucks. But either way, uh, he's coming into a situation where it's the Milwaukee Bucks, the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks ownership uh, also took the stage and uh, talked today, and they had some... Really good news if you're a Brewers fan as far as what they're going to do for the Brewers playoff run. You want to stay tuned to hear that next. The Jorquez to hold it. Crosby to try to win it. And the kick is good to win the game. The 49ers couldn't take enough time off the clock at the end. All Aaron needed was 37 seconds. Call there by Al Michaels on NBC as the Packers win 30-28. to Mason Crosby, 51-yard field goal, and the Packers dispose of the San Francisco 49ers. Pittsburgh Steelers up next now. Uh, looking forward to seeing uh, how the Packers do against the Steelers. You would have to think, I haven't seen what the spread is on that game, but you would have to think the Green Bay Packers uh, should be able to win this game with relative ease, considering how bad the Steelers have looked as of late, especially Big Ben. Uh, Roethlisberger, defense doesn't appear to be what it's been in the past either. So 
You should be able to chalk that up, I would think, to a Green Bay victory, but you never know. It is the National Football League. The Chiefs all of a sudden are in last place in their division, so anything uh, is possible. I saw this from Ian Harditz, uh, who's on every Fantasy Football Friday on the Wendy's Big Show from 1 to 1.30 from Pro Football Focus. You can get your questions in each week by simply tweeting at Big Show Network with the hashtag BigFantasy. Bag up running backs with more PPR fantasy football points than the actual starter on that team. Naeem Hines more than Jonathan Taylor. Cordero Patterson more than Mike Davis. Zach Moss more than Devin Singletary. James White more than Damian Harris. Tony Pollard more than Ezekiel Elliott heading into the Monday night game tonight. And then DeAndre Swift uh, over Jamal Williams. Mainly because Jamal is technically considered uh, the starter at this point. And remember... When it comes to fantasy football, it's all about running backs, running backs, running backs, running backs, right? So 10, 12-team league, you've probably seen six, eight, or more running backs taken in the first round of the fantasy football league. Uh, And now you sit back and you look. Now, again, these aren't necessarily guys that go that high. Jonathan Taylor probably went high. Uh, Mike Davis was probably okay. Uh, Singletary, eh, probably not as high. Damian Harris, there were some people on that terrain, probably not as high. Jamal Williams, definitely not. But Ezekiel Elliott, you know that dude was a first-round pick and was relatively high and, once again, uh, is not producing uh, for his fantasy owners uh, this year. And really, he's not producing all that much for the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy uh, either. All right, let's hear from uh, the Bucks owners uh, who took to the stage uh, today as well as Bucks Media Day. Rami and the uh, Rami Show comes up here at 3 o'clock. He'll get you right back into more of your Packer football talk. Uh, he'll be in here in the next 10, 15 minutes. We'll see what he has to say. All right, now, I told you I teased it a little bit. They got into talking about what they plan on doing uh, for the Brewers' playoff run here. Here is what they had to say. Just a quick housekeeping thing. Steve McGargy, Associated Press. Just a quick housekeeping thing. I didn't know if you were going to release what percentage of your team is vaccinated at this point and what your opinions are of the NBA policy regarding vaccination and kind of doing the look, following the local policies in terms of whether unvaccinated players could play. Sure. I mean, the vast majority of the team is vaccinated. Um, I'm a big believer in vaccination. I mean, I've gotten double vaccinated. I'll try to get my booster if I can. So, um, but yeah, I mean, fully in support of what the NBA is doing. I, I mean, I guess the, Jim Ozarski, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Um, I guess to follow that up, I mean, at the finals, Adam Silver said it was important to get back on schedule, you know, start at a normal time, 82 games. So how important was that decision for the league ownership to reset and get to 82 games, even though this offseason would be, be compressed and obviously pretty severe restrictions on unvaccinated players? I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's very important to get back on schedule. And so I think you know, the whole world is dealing with this pandemic. You know, the U.S. has been blessed that we do have uh, ample access to vaccinations, and that doesn't happen for every place in the world. But I think that um, I travel you know, quite a bit. I'm in foreign countries a lot, and I, and I realize how fortunate we are to be in the position we are. And, and it's it's and I think it's important to kind of get back to living your lives while still you know paying attention to the protocols and the and the preventative measures that the uh, the league and local communities have, have taken to make sure that everyone's as safe as possible. This question, I would love to hear from all of you, but whoever wants to field it, I guess. Uh, at his post-game press conference after game six, Giannis Antetokounmpo said, we did this the hard way. We built it from the ground up. We didn't build a super team. What does this championship say to other small market teams in the NBA and maybe in other sports in general, from your perspective. Thank you. I'll start. Um, I, I think it tells um, a number of things. One, uh, if you invest you know, in your team, in your product, you can really, the sky's the limit. You have to, I think, be patient. You have to put money into it. Uh, you have to get a little bit lucky, but that's one thing I think we all learned during this playoff run that whoever wins you know the Larry Bryan trophy you know got a little lucky um no matter you know what team you are and you know this was our dream you know we talked about it we actually believed we could do it uh, but we also recognized that it's you know no matter how much you plan there's too many random things that you know in this game which is what makes the game 
so exciting that ultimately determines the outcome. But it's really, like I said, I'll start with, you know, once again, believing in it, investing in it, being patient, and hopefully get a little lucky. I would just say anything's possible. That's, I think that's what we showed. And I think any, any team has the ability to win. Um, and I think it's great that it was us, right, obviously. But I think if you're a small market team, it gives you the, the belief that anything is possible. Yeah, all that says that we said at the beginning, it's like it was always the plan, right? It was, <laughs> it was the plan from the first minute of the first day. And the building that you're sitting in and the practice facility and all that we've done in the city of Milwaukee and whatnot, those are, those are all part of the plan as well. And I think uh, we did have good fortune, but we had a real plan to build, invest in the infrastructure, invest in management, hire the right people, and then let them do their jobs. And then, as you know, Jamie said, we got maybe a little lucky, but uh, not, not different than any other team that wins. So we feel really good about it. I think Mark says it's great ownership. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it's a great role model for anyone to aspire to. I don't know who's best suited to this, Mark, maybe you. Um, just how imperative it was. What is it for, for you guys and the, the league in general just to have fans back in the building um, at the end of last season and the playoffs and going into this season, just, just for the bottom line of the league and, and your team? Well, first, it's, uh, it's great to have fans back. I think uh, we all went to games that we – it's not fun being at a game when there's nobody around, there's nobody cheering. I mean, you guys went to games, the same thing. Um, I think for the bottom line, it's really important. I mean, you need to have fans. Um, we need to get back to normal and it looks like we're getting there. And, you know, it's a little bit of what Wes said. That's why we have to start off with the 82 games. Um, and I think it's, I think everybody wants to get back to normal as quick as we can. So we're looking forward to it. Well, it's uh, unfortunately, it's the reality of being a championship level team. You know, the, the vast majority of the teams that have competed in the finals in you know, the last 10 years have been in the luxury cap. And that's that's the sort of tax. And that's where we find ourselves today. Um, you know, it, it, uh, the, the good news is, is that we ended up with a championship. Right. So there's a lot of the teams that are you know, are spending a lot of money and, and are not as fortunate as we are. So it's it's part of the, the realities of the league. And I think trying to find the balance between you know, player compensation, you know, league revenues, uh, you know, ownership, uh, you know, uh, uh, revenues or, or losses is, uh, is a tricky bit. I think the, the NBA has done a spectacular job managing that over the last, you know, 20 years. Um, you know, media plays a big role in that. So the constantly changing media landscape makes it all the more complicated. So it's, but it's not, I always think at any point in time, you can find the inequities in any situation. And you hope that with good uh, stewardship, good leadership, that it will be equitable and fair over time. And I think that's what the league has done a terrific job of. And we feel really fortunate to be owners uh, you know, in that circumstance. Stephanie Sutton, WISN-TV here in Milwaukee. Can uh, one of you comment or all of you comment on the significance of the $57 million economic impact the championship run had on the city of Milwaukee? And what that means for the organization going forward and the city? I think it was great. I mean, let's be honest. And I think when we built this and, you know, credit goes to Mike over here, who built the arena and came up with the Deer District. Um, I think it's been phenomenal for the city. It really has. I mean, it's, that, that's the one thing you want. Um, it feels like it's brought the city together. It's been, um, it's been great. You know, I love listening to talk radio because they'll complain about something we're doing. And then they'll go, but hey, they want a championship, so they can do whatever they want, <laughs> right? I mean, you sort of hear it, and I think it's, I, I think it's actually been good for all of us. So, in fact, I would say in my travels after we won, the number one comment, other than our winning, that I got was all the people who were in the Deer District, you know, the sixty-five thousand people the world was watching in Game Six. They were just were like, that's unbelievable. And and you, and you think about it, it really is even now I think back and you know, how unbelievable that you know crowd was. I think you know it's even better than we envisioned, and few things in life are like that when you get there. And I think um, there's a lot more to do. We have a lot of opportunities to still. COVID set us back a couple of years because it just fed a lot of things back. So we have land to build on and make more entertainment and more of more of a, a venue for people to continue to use. And I think that will be a lasting impact for the city of Milwaukee, for the state of Wisconsin. 
All right, so there is uh, the ownership group. We didn't get to the parks. We ran out of time. But they did say they're going to have playoff watch parties uh, for the Brewers uh, coming up here down in the Deer District again. You know what? I, something came to my mind, Plucker, while I was listening to all that. Uh, first off, uh, the numbers. $57 million was the question that was brought up. Uh, and Cassidy Williams, uh, who we follow on Twitter, and uh, she is with uh, Fox 6, a reporter for Fox 6, uh, has the numbers. Visit Milwaukee, uh, releasing updated estimates on the economic impact of the Bucks championship run. First round, $2.7 million in economic impact to Milwaukee. Second round, $12.8 million. Third round, $14.1 million. Finals, $28 million for Grantola, $57.6 million uh, in economic impact to the city of Milwaukee. That is awesome. Then you hear the Bucks ownership group talk about, hey, look, you know, we're back a couple of years. You know, we have all this land to build on. They're going to be uh, building that one hotel. And uh, what would it be? The uh, not the side of Milwaukee Panther Arena, the other side of Fiserv Forum on that lot that's been fenced. And that hotel uh, is going to be going up here uh, shortly. So that's good. But then you still have that big vacated land in between both arenas. Do you know what they should do? I hadn't really thought about it. And maybe they won't do it because of. Uh, Summerfest and so forth, but maybe like an outdoor type music venue of some sort, um, like a shell type deal with bench seating and stuff like that, and have something along those lines down there in the downtown area. That because that nothing like that, as far as I I know of, in, in the immediate downtown area. Do you have that type of green space where you could have local bands playing on a Friday night or a Saturday night? I mean, you've got the Budweiser Pavilion, obviously, over at State Fair Park. They do, what is theirs, Wednesday nights, I think. So you have that going on over there. You have jazz in the park that, that's been going on for years. Uh, and then, obviously, whatever they have at Summerfest. But I, I think, a because you have so many more people now living in the Third Ward, living downtown Milwaukee. There's a bunch of people down there uh, in that area where I think you could take advantage of that and have some type of maybe outdoor local music venue for you know, the the local artists. I'm not talking about bringing national artists in, but like local artists, Plucker. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. And and the more ways they can keep that area super involved, the better it's going to get. Like, no question. Like, it's already beautiful down there. It's already amazing to go watch a good game down there, even if it's not in the postseason run. Right. And then obviously during the postseason run, it's just at a different level. But the more things that they can continue to add and develop in that area, just the more fan happiness there's going to be. Because that that piece of land between Fiserv and Milwaukee Panther Arena is gigantic, y'all. I mean, you had a full-size NBA uh, slash hockey arena on that piece of land. I don't think people realize just how much you could put on that one piece of land. There is lots of opportunity to do a lot of different stuff. And then word comes that they're going to reopen Punchbowl Social uh, and operate that as well. And that's been sitting uh, there not being used. So providing they can staff it and operate it uh, at a high level, that that Punchbowl Social was a great idea uh, and concept. Like the concept was great. The problem that place has always had is staffing and horrible, horrible customer service every time they had it. they I think somebody told me they fired and restaffed that thing like two or three times since that thing was open trying to fix it, and they could never figure it out no matter what. Now, the Mecca, they've had their own share of turnover as well, but you don't hear anywhere near uh, the type of complaints that was coming out of Punchbowl Social. So... If they can get that figured out and put some good management in place there and some good people working there, I think that can take off. But the local outdoor music venue would be an idea. And now since Rami walked in here, you could not only use it for music, but you could use it for comedy shows too. Nice outdoor venue in the summertime, have comedy shows down there with bench seating and stuff outside right there in the heart of downtown in between both arenas. Because again, in the summertime, both those arenas aren't really being used all that much. You know, you have the occasional concerts or whatever that are rolling in fine. But other than that, downtown isn't nearly as busy once the, the Bucks playoff run gets done. So you have a couple of months there to try and draw more people uh, downtown. Rami Makhlouf is here. The Rami Show is coming up. We'll talk to him next uh, here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Welcome back. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan. Let me tell you all about my friends over at Q Club of Wisconsin. Football is here. And the place to catch all your favorite action, create your own sporting action, 
It's Q Club of Wisconsin. Football, baseball, whatever it is that you want to watch, they got it. Not only do they have plenty of TVs to watch the games, but you can play your own games in a huge entertainment game room while enjoying awesome food from loaded burgers, wings, wraps, plus their Wednesday and Friday fish fries piled up. With all the extras, visit their Facebook page or QClubOfWI.com for menu and updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Joining us now, he is... I didn't know my mic was on. Rami Makhlouf. I would not have burped had I known my mic was on. Did you hear that? Uh, kind of, but not really. Okay. It wasn't overly loud. Okay, I don't think good. anybody would have noticed had you not said it. All right. Dan heard it. Because I looked over. I he did. Was, he yes. was chuckling. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I, I wasn't... No, I didn't hear it. Can you pull that, Dan? Stop. <laughs> What's on your show? Coming up on the Rami show today. Um, first of all, throughout the show, for, throughout the show, Sparky, I'm going to be putting out the call for a certain group of people. I'm not going to say who those people are right now here probably on this show, but That's I'm going to okay. put out the call for a certain group of people throughout the show this afternoon, and you will show yourselves today. And we're taking names. Sam is making a list. You will show yourselves today, or you will not be heard from on this particular subject. Or you will not be heard from the rest of the year. Yeah. Are you yeah. just going to ban them? Yeah. You, you, on this particular subject. You will you will make yourself known today, or that's it. We're at an inflection point on the Rami show. There's no more hiding. There's no more hiding after today. So we'll we'll be doing that throughout the afternoon. Also, we'll talk about that big week three win. Can you call a week three win a huge win, Sparky? Because I'm calling that win last night over the 49ers yeah. a statement huge win. win. Right? Yeah, huge statement. win. Yeah. Huge sure. win. Also, uh, it's Bucks Media Day. You were just playing, what was that, the owners of the team? Uh, the oh. owners, and before that, I played a little bit of Horst and Boonholzer oh. as well. Well, we'll play a little bit of Horst and Boonholzer ourselves coming up at oh, I thought uh, you would play Giannis. 3.30. We're getting there, man. Chill out. Oh, Gary, you do have Giannis. Good. Gary Ellerson, uh, you know him. He joins me at 3.45. Talk about that Packers win. 4 o'clock, Brewers are division champions. You say I never do positive Brewers talk. Pie chart of success, Sparky. Pie chart of success. Oh, you, you NL do like Central champion. Milwaukee Brewers. Let's pass out some credit. Let's pass did out you, some credit and some kudos. Did you do good in with pie charts in school? Is that why you like pie charts so much? No, I just like the bit. We did it in Minneapolis, and so I stole it and brought it back here with me. Oh! oh. <laughs> See? That's what I like about Rami. Transparency. I'll just tell you. Yeah, they did it in Score North, so I brought it back with me. I liked it, so I took it. I liked it, and I stole it. Yeah, that's good. So that's what radio is, is stealing from other exactly. shows, right? Yeah. Yep. Adam McCalvey will be here at 4.30. We'll talk some brewers with him, because normally Tim is there at 4.30 to talk some brewers. And what else does Tim do with, do with us every Monday, Sparky? Mock draft, draft, draft mockery. mockery. So Adam McCalvey will be pinch hitting for Tim Allen. There's only one obvious and draft choice. mockery. There's today. only one choice. You know it. There's only one choice. A candy draft. You're baby. damn right. But it's it's got to be candy draft. No, 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 no. It's but a it can't, candy draft. Not just a candy draft. What do you mean? It has to be at the Halloween candy draft. See, me and Sam talked about it. We yes. decided and to you keep better it just give him general. A heads up. We decided to just keep it general candy. No, you think it should be Halloween candy? Well, it all depends. This you was a discussion if, already. If you two don't know Hall- the new Halloween candy out. Oh, I know Halloween candy, dude. But does Sam? I don't know. I know Adam does. I don't know. Does, is Sam in, in touch with the Halloween candy Sam, aisle? are you up on your Halloween candies? Probably. But yeah. my point is, we have enough time. There's plenty of time of draft mockery before Halloween. Like, why do it in the end of September? He's well, because the only reason now. you're doing anything with McCalvey is if you're doing candy. I mean, with all due respect yeah, to Tim, I, wanna... I don't care about Tim's candy takes. No, right. No, that's yeah, why you... we're doing candy. Unless you're having Adam on every week between now and Halloween. Did he commit to that? No. No. Oh. No. I want to tap into Adam McKelvey's, you know, discography of yeah. candy. I, and I all feel that. like we're limiting. He's so good. He has man. so much knowledge on the so subject good. that if we yes. just do Halloween candy, we're maybe not not giving the people you know, everything we can. He has them. written all these brewer books. Mm-hmm. Fine, but he needs to write a book about candy. <laughs> really, the art of melting candy. What candy should melt? Mm-hmm. What candy shouldn't you melt? Yeah. Which candies are best after a wine? Which candies are best after a coffee? Like, there's a lot of different ways McKelvey can go here sure. and have different chapters in his candy book. Agreed. I would He's read so that good. book. I would read that you book. You think I'm making this up, folks? I'm not. No. Ronnie he knows. He's legit. Vast, he has a vast knowledge yes. on the subject. He's legit. So McCallie will be here at 430. We'll hear some Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez at 445. Talking Disney. We'll hear from Giannis at 530. And uh, at 5.45 on the show today, dude, we have some special sound for you, courtesy of our friend Kevin Holden of CBS 58. Crunchy? Yeah. Oh? Yeah. 
It's really? fun. Yeah, it's fun. I fun love stuff. Kevin. He's a great dude. Uh, this segment of the Wendy's Big Show brought to you by Jim Danny. This isn't the Wendy's Big Show, though. Oh, yeah. Sparky's Midday Man. That's whatever show I'm on. Jim Danny, South 27th Street, Trying Oak Creek. Cheer on the green and gold uh, coming up this Sunday. Free food at halftime, free touchdown shots, plus the best fish fry in town and nightly specials. Follow them on Facebook, Jim Danny, South 27th Street in Oak Creek. I will simply tell you, I am not worried about Pittsburgh at all. Pittsburgh. I'm not talking about Pittsburgh yet. Not worried. Well, that was the, the read was this Sunday afternoon. I'm just telling oh. you. I'm not. Oh. I'm not. I'm not worried about them. Now they look bad, man. Yeah. Ben mm-hmm. Roethlisberger looks like a a worst version of Drew Brees when he was at the end, where he couldn't throw the fo- football down the field. And they don't really have an answer. I mean, they don't. They don't have anybody else. They don't. They don't have that guy. I mean, unless you think Haskins is that guy, I, I'm not. I'm not there on Haskins being that guy. So they don't have an answer. New Orleans didn't have an answer. Denver thought they had an answer, and they've already given up on him quickly in lock. So, again, y'all can be mad about the Jordan Love pick, but at least they're attempting to have a plan in place. I don't know that we can say New Orleans didn't have an answer. Taysom Hill? That was the answer? Jameis. Jameis could be the answer. Maybe. We'll see. That's what will make Tampa Bay look horrible if he is the answer. And it'll make Sean Payton look brilliant. You never look horrible when you win a Super Bowl. Because you had Brady. You want to not Bowl. because you developed Jameis Winston. Yeah, you moved on from Jameis Winston for Tom Brady and right. won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're I not mean, gonna, that doesn't look bad. No, you're right. You're right about that. I guess it doesn't matter at the end of the day. All right, Rami. Well, thank you very much. Uh, My pleasure, Sparky. You have yourself a fine Monday afternoon, sir. Yeah, I'll try. He is coming up next, the Rami Show. Stay tuned. Live from the Lakeland University studios. Enjoy it tomorrow. Ross Tucker, first hour, and uh, second hour of the show, eleven oh six. Ryan Wood. Toodles. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.